Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, step right up and be stunned by the hard-hitting, body-slamming men and women of professional wrestling. And remember, you are about to enter another universe, so keep your fists up and be prepared to fight. Welcome to the world of professional wrestling. Welcome to the angle. Welcome to the Ultimate Pro Wrestling Podcast, the best hangout spot for everything pro wrestling. Now introducing your host, he's a walking, trash-talking wrestling encyclopedia, here he is, Joey Carney. Oh my fucking god. Monday Night Raw has me gasping for air, my thumbs are bleeding from biting my nails, my eyes are wide as hell. And I am smiling from cheek to cheek because this week's Monday Night Raw delivered. Every in-ring segment, every match on the show, every backstage interview, every promo, everything about this Monday Night Raw delivered and more than ever. The show started off with what we thought would be a contract signing for the Universal Championship match at Class of Champions between the Raw Tag Team Champions Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. But AJ Styles and the OC, too sweet, baby, interrupted the segment, which was one of the greatest promos I've seen AJ Styles deliver in recent memory. He claimed that anyone who just looks at the title gets a championship opportunity, and he has absolutely right. He made a joke to Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson to not look at the U.S. title because they would all of a sudden get an opportunity at the title. He was asking who he's going to face at Clash of Champions. He doesn't have an opponent. Basically, this is all bullshit and they deserve more. He went on to say that the OC, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson deserve to be in the title picture for the Raw Tag Team Championship and they are not, which led to a match Starting off Monday Night Raw with Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman defeating the OC of Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Now listen, we know these types of tag team matches. We know what we're going to get with the OC. We know what we're going to get with Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. And that's exactly what we got. We got exactly what we thought we would get. It wasn't bad, but it also wasn't one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen. We obviously know there was going to be a hot tag for Braun Strowman. And that's exactly what happened. Seth got the roll-up pin on Carl Anderson, 1-2-3, which led to an attack after the match with Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins getting beaten down by not only AJ Styles, not only Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, but also their opponents for Class of Champions for the Raw Tag Team Championship, Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Now, if you think about it, it is really unrealistic to be beaten down Five against two. But then again, you have to think about Braun Strowman and his size. Normally, this is what we would have seen in a main event match. So to start off Raw, I was happy with it. I was okay with it. It led more into the storyline for the Raw Tag Team Championship. It led me to think that maybe the OC, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson might be involved in the tag team match. Maybe even lead to AJ Styles being involved in the Universal Championship match at Class of Champions, making it a triple threat. But overall, like I said... It was a great way to start off Monday Night Raw. It was a great segment. It left me asking questions. It left me interested in all of the storylines included, which is what WWE wants. Now, when we came back from commercial break, there was a tag team match going on in the ring, which was Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler taking on Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. Now, I don't really know where this match came from. Both teams weren't really included in anything together, 
But I guess this is just WWE's way, WWE Creative's way to really showcase the tag team dynamic of Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode leading to their their Raw Tag Team Championship match at Class of Champions. So overall, that was a great placement for that match, having them stay in the ring after attacking Braun and Seth, having a match, getting a strong win, and continuing the story of the Tag Team Championship. The next match we saw Monday Night Raw, we saw Lacey Evans defeat Natalya. We saw Natalya attack Lacey Evans during her entrance, and then it sh they showed Natalya in the ring, fired up, which got me fired up and excited for this match. I knew where it was going. It was a very predictable match. I know that they're trying to restart, rejuvenate Lacey Evans, and this was a great way to have that done. You have her defeat Natalya, a strong submission machine on Raw, and that's exactly what happened. Lacey Evans defeated Natalya. Boom! With the women's right getting the one, two, three. A strong win over Natalya. A strong showing by both females. It was a decently timed match. I enjoyed it. And it furthered Lacey Evans' evolution in the WWE. But after this match took place is what I really, really want to talk about. We saw an in-ring segment between Becky Lynch and the boss, Sasha Banks. Both cutting great promos about each other. Becky claiming that Sasha had it all in NXT. She was the face of NXT. She had all the championship titles. She had all the championship opportunities while Becky was just trying to get on TV, which is completely true. Becky claimed that both Sasha and Charlotte were in the big picture. They were in the main event matches. They were in the WrestleMania matches, the titles, everything that comes with it, and that with all of the talent in the world, being one of the greatest women's wrestlers on the roster. She should have been Becky Lynch. And this led to Sasha coming out onto the entrance ramp and basically throwing it back at Becky, saying that, yeah, it should have been her. She should have been the one in main event WrestleMania matches instead of being in the tag team, uh, ta women's tag team title picture. It should have been her making all the money, having all the glory. And one comment Sasha made that really stuck out to me, that really solidified that promo as being great, she said that no one really cared, no one really gave a damn about Becky Lynch until Nia Jax broke her face. Which is not overly completely true. But the night that all went down where Nia Jax broke, literally broke Becky Lynch's face, invading Raw, blood everywhere, solidified Becky as the man. But you have to remember, Becky was already getting a push at that time. Becky, the crowd was all behind behind Becky at that point. So what Sasha said, do you agree with? Because it's debatable. But at the end of this segment, we finally saw the challenge thrown down. For a match at Class of Champions, Sasha Banks told Becky she's only going to do what she wants to do. And for all of the money, and in this case, the title. The match has been official. It's been made official. It is going to be... The man, the Raw Women's Champion, Becky Lynch, defending her Raw Women's Championship against Sasha Banks at Clash of Champions. Now, I really enjoyed this segment between Becky and Sasha, uh, you know, adding fuel to the fire, adding fuel to the feud for the Raw Women's Championship. We obviously know that every promo Becky gives is freaking amazing. She's a pro, and we also know that Sasha's a pro in the mic. But after the promo we saw last week, that's that was really questionable because it seemed like she had some ring rust. And when I say ring rust, it doesn't necessarily mean ring rust in the ring. It means ring rust on the mic. We have to remember, she's been away since WrestleMania, which was in April. She hasn't been in a ring on live television in front of a live crowd 
on a mic, let alone wrestling in a match. But after tonight's segment, it looks like Sasha's got her mojo back. It looks like Becky's on fire. I'm excited for this match to go down a Clash of Champions. And before I give my prediction for this match, we have to think big picture. We obviously know Paul Heyman is the new creative director for Raw. He has said multiple times that his direction is long-term. He likes to extend storylines as long as they can to get the most out of them. So if we are thinking as if Paul Heyman were running the show, which he is, my pick for this match is going to be Sasha Banks becoming the new Raw Women's Champion. And here's my reason why. If we think long-term, Becky has gone a little bit stale. And I know I'm not the only one to say that. And I know that's not going to be a great reaction from the fans. But that's the truth. Becky has gotten a little bit stale. And it's not her fault. It's creative's fault. 110%. Becky is doing everything possible to stay on top. Whether it's in the ring or on the mic, on social media. She is perfecting the game everywhere. Creative has not given her competition. Creative has not really given her a direction after Ronda Rousey. She had a great storyline with... Natalia for SummerSlam, but that was built for SummerSlam. It ended right then and there. So this is really the first, I think, great storyline. Obviously, we had Lacey Evans at Extreme Rules, but that was with Seth. That was a completely different situation. This is a one-on-one feud for the Raw Women's Championship, and I think that Sasha Banks is the perfect competitor to bring Becky back up, which is why she needs to lose the title to Sasha. Let Sasha get a, a run with the title. Let her run till possibly the end of the year. Go into Royal Rumble. I hope we don't see what we saw originally when Sasha Banks was Raw Women's Champion, when she was going back and forth with Charlotte a few years back. They're, they each became a five-time women's champion in a matter of two or three months. It was ridiculous. It was the most irritating thing I ever saw. So I hope something like that does not happen. I think that these title runs really mean something if they're long-term and prestigious. Now, I want to get into the King of the Ring tournament. We saw the quarterfinal matches tonight. We saw one between Cedric Alexander and Baron Corbett. And we saw another between Ricochet and Samoa Joe. I do want to say, though, I'm really, really impressed with these competitors in the, in these matches, in the, in the tournament in general. The matches are extended matches than what we're normally used to seeing on Raw. They are more physical. They are more entertaining. There's more storytelling. It really brings out the prestige of this tournament. And I think that for these guys who we don't necessarily see every week on TV, this is the best thing going right now. The first match in the quarterfinals we saw tonight was Baron Corbin versus Cedric Alexander. And I have to say, I'm really impressed with how much better Baron Corbin has gotten in the ring. Usually his matches were just, eh? <laughs> I'm going to say just, eh? And now they're really good. And I have to say that this match was match of the night, in my opinion. I think Baron Corbin versus Cedric Alexander was match of the night on Raw. And I don't think I've ever picked a match that involved... Baron Corbin to be match of the night, which really shows his improvement. But overall, we saw Baron Corbin get the clean win over Cedric Alexander. It was a very close match. We saw Cedric get really some really great spots in that match. Threw him into the turnbuckles, threw him into the corner a few times, getting him down on the ground. We thought that Cedric was going to have the match in the bag. He did not secure the bag. Baron Corbin hit end of days, one, two, three, going to the semifinals next week on Monday Night Raw. I said it last week and I'll say it again. Baron Corbin is my my pick to win the entire King of the Ring tournament. I think we're going to see King Corbin. I think he deserves, not only deserves, but I think he needs that extra push. 
that other superstars don't necessarily need. I think that we've seen improvements of him during this competition, during this tournament, which is why he needs to win it and go on to the main event picture, possibly another championship opportunity. And overall, I'm just really excited to see the progression and the growth of Baron Corbin's character. Before he was the most hated man in WWE, I think he still might be. I'm not really sure. We haven't really seen too many promos from him while he's been back. But his in-ring performance has gotten so much better. And I'm just, like I said, I'm just impressed. The second match in the quarterfinals that we saw was Samoa Joe versus Ricochet. Now, we've seen these two go head-to-head -head before. They obviously went against each other for the U.S. Championship, which led to Ricochet's first run as U.S. Champion. But today, we see them in the quarterfinals for the King of the Ring tournament. Awesome, awesome match. We saw some really cool spots. We saw Ricochet do a kick off of Samojo's stomach, do a backflip, come down, hit him in the face, kick him in the face. We saw Samoa Joe try a coquina clutch off the top rope. We saw a lot, a lot of cool spots. Aggressive and hard-hitting match. We saw Samoa Joe get busted open. And I feel like this is a frequent thing with Samoa Joe, which just solidifies him as a great talent in the WWE. Every match he's in, this guy gets busted open. This guy leaves with a bruise. He throws it all on the mat. He leaves it all in the ring like every superstar should. Samoa Joe is just in a class of his own as a top guy. And I really hope WWE starts utilizing him properly. We saw this match end in a double pin. It started from a coquina clutch from Samoa Joe onto Ricochet off the top rope. They both fell back. They were laying on top of each other. They had arms laying across each other's stomach or abdomen, whatever you want to call it. One, two, three. The referee counted them both down, and which led to the referee talking to somebody in the back. I don't know. We've never seen this shit before. Uh, obviously, it was Vince McMahon or Paul Heyman or whoever was sitting backstage, but we've never seen this type of segment before, which was really cool to see how that would go down. Normally, the referee would just, you know, say someone's the winner, another referee would come out and say the other person's the winner, and they would have a fan favorite pick, and blah, 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 and then they would restart the match. Now we have the referee talk to somebody in the back. Really cool, more realistic than what we've seen before. So overly, I was impressed with this whole uh, writing of this match. Again, props to Paul Heyman, the new creative director of Raw. They later said that the winner of the match would be discussed in the back, and they would like relay the message later on in the night which led to Baron Corbin having an interview done with the referee that was con that was involved in the Samoa Joe vs. Ricochet match, which led to the announcement that next week, the semifinal match will be a triple threat match. That's right. The semifinal match for the King of the Ring tournament on the Raw side will be a triple threat match between Baron Corbin, Ricochet, and Samoa Joe. And the coolest freaking thing about that match is that I will be there live on Monday Night Raw at Madison Square Garden in New York City to see that all go down. I'm excited. Holy crap, I'm excited. Now, as the bracket currently stands, my picks to win are as such. We have Elias versus Ali coming up, and we have Chad Gable versus Andrade also coming up. I think Ali is going to defeat Elias, advancing to the semifinals. And I also think Andrade is going to beat... Chad Gable also advanced to the semifinals, leading to Ali versus Andrade for the semifinals match for the SmackDown side. Seeing Ali get pick up the win, heading to the finals. On the Raw side, I do see Ricochet and Samoa Joe having some sort of feud, which is which led them to be to both be advanced into the semifinals against Corbin. I think Corbin is the only one who's really won this 
clean and fairly, which is why I think Corbin is going to get the win next week in the triple threat match for this in the semifinals. I think something is going to happen with Ricochet and Samoa Joe. They're going to get into it. They're going to try to take whatever. Something's going to happen. Corbin's going to steal a win, heading him, uh, having him advance to the finals to face uh, Ali from the SmackDown side. So my bracket as it stands, I think the finals will be Baron Corbin versus Ali with the winner becoming the king of the ring, Baron Corbin. Now, before we go any further, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. What's up, Bengal fans? Have you followed our social media pages yet? You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at The Angle Radio, for your full, all-access, backstage pass to everything pro wrestling. Once again, that's at The Angle Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, back to the studio. Welcome back to The Angle. I am your host, Joey Carney. Now, I'm really excited to talk about this next part of the show, the newest installation of the Firefly Funhouse with the fiend Bray Wyatt. Now, this was hands down the best episode we've ever seen from the Firefly Funhouse. So the episode starts with Bray waving to everyone, addressing Finn Balor, saying that uh, he's sorry that the fiend, what the fiend did to him, and that it was super duper rude. He starts to talk about big news he has, and all of a sudden, the Vince puppet interrupts, basically calling out Bray for challenging either Seth or Braun to a match at Hell in a Cell. He goes on to say, How dare you challenge Braun or Seth to a match at Hell in a Cell? Don't you know how valuable they are? Blah, blah, blah. We hear Bray trying to cut him off, saying, Boss, 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 boss. Obviously playing into the role of Mr. McMahon. We hear as Bray interrupts, you hear, You're! Like Vince is going to say, You're fired. But Bray says, Boss, 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 boss. Overall, this was just a fantastic episode of the Firefly Funhouse. Obviously, Bray Wyatt or the fiend Bray Wyatt is getting a universal championship opportunity at Hell in a Cell, either against Seth Rollins or Braun Strowman. Right now, that is up in the air because we obviously know that both of these choices would be a great feud. Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins would be a great feud. Bray Wyatt versus Braun Strowman, who in real life are best friends. Braun Strowman is the godfather of Bray Wyatt's son. But what it comes down to is this. Whoever wins or retains the Universal Championship at Clash of Champions will be losing at Hell in a Cell to the Fiend Bray Wyatt. It's obvious that WWE believes in Bray Wyatt. This is a great character he's got going now. And I think that Bray Wyatt is going to be the Universal Champion heading into the war with AEW. Another match I want to talk about from Monday Night Raw was The Miz versus Cesaro. This was a weird sort of dynamic. I think this match was just thrown on Monday Night Raw to have these super, the superstars featured. Obviously, Miz, being on Raw, is involved in a storyline on SmackDown with Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn. He has earned himself somehow a, a, a Intercontinental Championship match with Shinsuke Nakamura at Clash of Champions. I obviously thought that one of the two, either Shinsuke Nakamura or Sami Zayn, were going to interrupt this match, possibly leading to a disqualification or something. I don't know. I just felt like they were going to show up and interrupt the match. Then when the match took off, Cesaro hit a flying uppercut, European uppercut, on Miz, and just basically the whole match with Cesaro. I was really impressed with Cesaro's performance. Obviously coming off a, a really big win, a really strong win of NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff this past weekend. I thought that Whatever Cesaro would have been involved in on Raw, he would have won. I think that that was a really great start to like some sort of push for him. That match at NXT TakeOver Cardiff, I guess, is just being thrown in into nowhere, not being used for anything. I think that really could have solidified a great stance for him on Raw. Strong win and NXT UK TakeOver. 
you know, continuing that success on Monday Night Raw. That is not the case. Although he had, like I said, the whole match was Cesaro. And towards the end, boom, Miz hit the skull-crushing finale, getting the win. I should have seen this coming. I should have saw this coming because Miz is involved, is involved in a title, obviously a title storyline, which he should have gotten the win. Cesaro is not really involved in anything involved in anything right now, which is why Miz needed that win. Miz desperately needed that win. When was the last time we saw the Miz win anything? You know, so this was a great way to, I guess, gain a win for the Miz and put a halt on Cesaro's push or whatever kind of you know support he's been having. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I definitely thought that this match was a little bit confusing. Obviously, the Miz needed something to you know help him further his storyline but Cesaro also needed a strong win as well so I was kind of disappointed with this match the match it was just really strange overall so let's just let's just throw that one out there and get on to the next segment you know what I'm saying in the main event we saw the Smackdown Live Women's Champion Bailey team with the Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch taking on the Women's Tag Team Champions Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss in what was called the first ever Champions Exchange or some crap like that. I don't know. They just try to gimmick everything nowadays. To be honest, I didn't really care for this match. It was the main event of the show. The women des- These four women deserve to be the main event of the show, so I'm not questioning or I'm not disappointed with the positioning of the match. I just thought this match really wasn't anything in particular I wanted to see. Uh, obviously, I would love to see... Each of these women in their own match. I would love to see Bailey featured in a match. I would love to see Becky featured in a match. I would also love to see Nikki Gross and Alexa Bliss featured in their own match. In this match together, eh, I don't really care for. But we saw the interruption from Sasha Banks ending the match in a DQ, which led to the moment of the night. We should have saw this fucking coming. We should have saw it coming. We had this. We the stars were aligned. We saw everything. Bailey was interviewed in the backstage segment earlier. She was interviewed when Sasha Banks returned. She has not said a word. She hasn't said anything about Sasha Banks. When she, when anything about Sasha Banks is brought up, she's quiet. She changes the subject, which led to tonight. Bailey is one of the most beloved uh, WWE superstars in the modern era. She she's really one of the biggest faces. She's one of those superstars that. You really can't see her doing bad. She's innocent. She's happy. She gives hugs. And tonight, that all went away. Bailey turned heel on Monday Night Raw. She said it before, and we should have we should have listened to her. She said, "Bailey and Sasha are still friends." She took a chair and beat the holy hell out of uh, out of Becky Lynch, while Raw went out went off the air. I, I was stunned. My I just couldn't believe what I just I just. I couldn't believe what I saw. I was speechless. Bailey took the chair, started smiling, beat the crap out of Becky Lynch, and ten seconds later, Raw went off there. I was just, I was, I wanted to see more of that. I want, although I'm a huge fan of Becky Lynch, the man, seeing Bailey beat down Becky with a chair while Sasha stood behind her and laughed was just a was fucking amazing. I was just like, holy shit, my mind is blown. Bailey, honestly. I liked her, but she wasn't really one of my favorite superstars. After what we saw tonight, after what we saw Monday Night Raw, the shares for Bailey just skyrocketed because this bitch about to be one of the top females in the company. This means that three out of the four horsewomen 
Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and Bayley, three out of the four are now heels. We've never seen this before. We've we've always seen Bayley and Becky as the faces. And obviously Sasha and 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 Charlotte Flair uh have, you know, gone back and forth, heel face, heel face, whatever. But Bayley and, and Becky have always been a face. So this is a new thing. I, I don't know how it's gonna play into the storyline with Bayley versus Charlotte at Clash of Champions. Obviously that match was uh you know, had Charlotte as the heel had Bailey as the face. And now we have two fa- two heels going head to head. So I don't know where this is going to go. I'm excited for the SmackDown Live Women's Championship match. I'm excited for the Raw Women's Championship match. I'm excited for women's wrestling. It's been a long time since I was able to say that. We had it last year. We had Evolution last year. We had a lot of things for women going on. We had the first ever women's main event at WrestleMania this year. But after that, after Ronda Rousey kind of went away, everything slowed down. We saw less women being involved in the show. We maybe saw one or two matches, barely any segments, anything with women. The tag team titles were never shown. It was just kind of getting a little... Eh, back to the way it was. But now, women's wrestling is fucking blowing my mind. And I know everybody feels this way. I know the fans feel this way. And like I said, I want to hear what you have to say. Tweet us at The Angle Radio. I want to hear what you think of Bailey's heel turn. I want to think. I want to hear what you think about Sasha being a heel now. I know it's been a couple weeks already, but it's just crazy stuff. I want to hear what you have to say about Becky just getting her ass whooped every week. Damn, this is this is exciting, and I'm just oh, whew, I'm excited to talk about it. I can't wait to see what happens on SmackDown Live. I hope Bailey opens the show and just goes off because she, as a face, I don't know. She's just gotten like I feel like there's like that that line she couldn't cross, and now she's officially able to. So I I'm just excited to see what happens. I want to see that ponytail come down. I want to see some darkness out of Bailey. I want to see her come and beat the fuck out of people. Just I'm just I got, uh, I said I was speechless before, but I am not speechless. I can talk all day long about this. I'm excited, and I know the wrestling fans are excited. This is this is really what WWE needed, bit in a time where AEW is coming into play. Uh, obviously AEW having a strong main event picture. Having a strong tag team division, a growing rapidly women's division. Uh, there's a lot of stuff coming out of AEW right now, and you know WWE's really needed to step up. And I gotta give them props. You know, although they are the best, the best wrestling company in the world, they've been for a long time. They've been the mega. You know, uh, sometimes you lose your way, and that's uh, that's something that everybody can relate to. And obviously with WWE. Being the best, the juggernaut of wrestling, the juggernaut that it is, you know, they've really had no competition. So they were able to do whatever the hell they wanted. Now times have changed. AEW is really, you know, putting a stake in the ground and, you know, starting a war. And WWE needed to react. And I think what they've been doing over the recent months from the ratings drop on both Raw and SmackDown, specifically Raw, uh, I'm I'm impressed and I'm excited and I'm excited to be a wrestling fan. CM Punk said it at Starcast this past weekend. He 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 flat out said, "You don't need to just like WWE. You don't need to just like AEW. You can fucking watch everything. 
And that's so fucking cool. You can watch everything. Everything is available to you. You don't have to like one or the other. You don't have to do all that mind game shit. It's all marketing just to promote that they're they're each each of their own company. You know, it's not it's not one or the other. It's it's all. You can all you can fucking enjoy it all. Pro wrestling at every day of the week. You're gonna have Monday Night Raw. You're gonna have a show on Tuesday. You're gonna have a show on Wednesday. It's, as wrestling fans, we couldn't ask for more. I want to read some tweets from fans on Twitter uh, to kind of give you the perspective of the fan. This, like I said, this is the fan show. It's made by the fans for the fans. So I want to read some fan tweets off of Twitter. Here we go. This first tweet is from at Sasha's Top Guy, and they wrote, "Sasha returns. Ratings go up. Quality feuds. Bailey turns heel." Product improves. It's almost like she saved the division. Hashtag raw. Here's a tweet from at CatScratch10. And they wrote, even on her own show, Becky, the hashtag raw women's champ, puts over the hashtag Smackdown Live women's champ by allowing her to wreak havoc on her back with the chair. She is truly a generous human being. (laughs) That's actually a funny tweet. I like that one. This next tweet is from at Casey Flynn. 17854. They wrote, I just figured this all out to why Bailey turned heel. Because SmackDown is going to Fox, and Fox would not like Bailey's babyface character. So she turned heel, and I see Becky Lynch approaching Charlotte backstage and apologizing to Charlotte and asking Charlotte for her help. Holy crap, that would be such an amazing story if that were to happen. If we were to see Charlotte turn face. And that's actually, that probably, you know what? Casey, I agree. That that would be a fantastic way to go about the storyline. We obviously see a uh, face Becky Lynch taking on a heel Sasha Banks, and on the SmackDown side, we see a uh, a heel now Becky uh, heel now uh, Bailey taking on a heel Charlotte Flair. I think Charlotte should turn face, have the double turn here. This would be absolutely amazing because we all know Bailey's gonna go over Charlotte Flair. At class of champions, so might as well let her be a heel and do it that way. You know what, Casey? That was probably one of the better tweets I read tonight. I thank thank you for that tweet. That was an awesome tweet, and I have to agree with that. Here's another tweet from one of the fans. I, I'm sorry if I butchered these names. I do apologize. This next tweet is from at Prashraya Shai. I'm not sure if I got that right. I hope I did. If I didn't, I'm sorry. And they wrote. Becky is about to turn on every single one of them by joining Ronnie and her horsewoman. And that would be a fantastic storyline as well. I would love to see that. I would love to see, uh, obviously, Ronda Rousey return to the WWE. And that would be an amazing way to, to kind of, you know, bring her back into the storyline. You have her come back and, you know, half the, the horsewoman are heels now. And you have, uh, you know, heels on uh, uh, Ronda Rousey's horsewoman. So that would be a great way to bring, you know, Rousey back, get her involved in the storyline. And maybe we see that happening in the future at uh, possibly Survivor Series. Yeah, so that would definitely be a cool storyline to check out. I Hopefully that happens. Uh, and again, thank you for your tweets. Overall, I was just really excited with this Monday Night Raw. It started off great. It ended even better. I'm excited to see what happens on SmackDown Live. Woo! In the words of the man, Ric Flair. I don't know why I just did that. I'm just really excited. Before I close out the show... I want to go over my top five hotspots for Monday Night Raw. I also want to ask you guys if you can answer me on Twitter. Would you prefer each show having their top five hotspots, or would you prefer just one 
list of top five hotspots for the entire week involving Raw, SmackDown, and any other wrestling event instead of just being individually event. Uh, let me know on Twitter at The Angle Radio. But for right now, I'm going to go into this, this week's top five hotspots for Monday Night Raw, starting with number five being The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Like I said before, this week's Firefly Funhouse segment was the best one we've ever seen, which is why I'm picking Bray Wyatt for number five. Number four has to go to Lacey Evans. We saw an impressive win over Natalia. Boom, woman's right. Great match. We love seeing new talent, obviously, you know, get better in the ring and that she is doing so number four we're going with Lacey Evans number three in this week's top five hotspots I'm gonna have to go with the United States champion AJ Styles he wasn't in a match this week but he did have an excellent promo to start off Monday Night Raw and he did in fact lead the pack of wolves the pack of five wolves including the OC uh, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode to take out the Universal Champion Seth Rollins and the other half of the Raw Tag Team Champions, Braun Strowman. So like I said, number three going to the phenomenal one, United States Champion, AJ Styles. Number two this week, I have to give it to Baron Corbin. He was going to be number one. I was debating putting him number one or number two. I'm going to put him with number two. An awesome showing in his match, his quarterfinal match, defeating Cedric Alexander. Going on to the quarterfinals, or the semifinals next week possibly leading to a future King Corbin coronation. I'm excited to see it. So number two, Baron Corbin. And number one, closing out Monday Night Raw's top five hotspots, I couldn't just give it to one person. They are going to share it, just like they are sharing the top of the mountain of WWE as of Monday Night Raw. Number one is going to the SmackDown Live Women's Champion, the newly turned heel, Bayley, and her best friend, Oh. What a friendship, Sasha Banks, the boss. This is a heel turn we've been waiting for a long, long time. This is a, this is a heel turn that can be compared to a John Cena turning heel. This is a, uh, a heel turn that can be compared to a Hulk Hogan turning heel. This is just one of the biggest heel turns we've seen in recent memory. And I'm excited to see how it plays out. We're going to see more of it on SmackDown Live. So just a recap of the top five hotspots. The Angles top five hotspots for this week's Monday Night Raw. Number five, The Fiend Bray Wyatt. Number four, Lacey Evans. Number three, The Phenomenal AJ Styles. Number two, Baron Corbin. And sharing the top spot this week for Raw, Bailey and Sasha Banks. I started the show off hot i was enjoying what we were talking about i was excited to talk about it monday night raw blowing me away this week blowing my fucking mind and i'm still feeling the same way at the end of the show almost an hour later ladies and gentlemen i am your host joey carney thank you for listening thank you for interacting with me sending some awesome tweets and this has been the angle